0: Hey, this is Adrian Hernandez, and welcome to the NIH Collaboratory Grand Rounds podcast. We're here to give you some extra time with our speaker and ask them the tough and interesting questions you want to hear most. If you haven't already, we hope you'll watch the full Grand Rounds webinar recording to learn more. All of our Grand Rounds content can be found at RethinkingClinicalTrials.org. Thanks for joining. Hi, this is Adrian Hernandez. I'm here with Kevin Schulman, who. Uh, recently did Collaboratory Grand Rounds entitled Beyond Politics, Promoting COVID Vaccination in the United States. So, Kevin, uh, thanks for joining us and sharing your views on what's uh, needed next.
1: Well, thanks, Adrian, for uh, for having me. So, Kevin,
0: you bring a very interesting perspective on this uh, from uh, really thinking about uh, what's the marketing approach um, maybe just give an overview of what you see is you know going beyond politics in terms of what has to be done to promote uh, COVID vaccination.
1: You know, um, where we're at right now in terms of the pandemic is uh, we are tracking the scientific process of each of the different vaccines as they come forward, uh, but we've never actually begun a systematic communication effort to get the population to adopt these technologies, you know, it, you know we use it as an analogy in the talk imagine apple was coming up with a new product they would spend 2 years trying to think about their messaging different market segments they might go after different ways in which they could reach those different groups and at the end of the day if if they ended up with a 30% market share they'd be really excited we're looking at the launch of the most important medical product of our lifetimes and we have to get to 80 85 or even 90% to get to herd immunity and we really haven't had a sophisticated communication strategy to go along with that to accomplish that goal.
0: Hey, so you you mentioned marketing and we actually never th- really think about that in healthcare or, or even science or you know that's a form of communication. Uh, so what are the kind of key things or pillars of that that should be applied in this setting for COVID nineteen vaccinations.
1: Well, we you know we live in a world that's surrounded by marketing. As physicians, we don't do a lot of marketing, but your hospital certainly does. Um, Every single pharmaceutical and technology company you work with certainly does. So marketing is very prevalent in terms of uh, healthcare goods and services, and the vaccine is just another product that needs to be marketed. Um, You know, I think. It's really important to go back to the basics. How do people make decisions about making a purchase? And that's uh, a whole lot of literature about consumer behavior. In the article, I even referenced a paper we wrote in the 1990s about Braca testing that followed the consumer behavior model. So uh, this isn't a, a new kind of concept about how people make the purchase decisions. What's really challenging today is we have to try and understand how people in different segments of our market, are thinking about uh, vaccine and vaccine adoption. Uh, we've looked, talked a lot about political affiliation and how that's going to impact people's perceptions, uh, but we need to unpack beyond that um, to really understand motivations for for different groups of people. Uh, you know who, you know from red states or blue states.
0: Right, and you know, in your uh, presentation in the New England Journal paper, you, you talk about different strategies for for promoting vaccination. And I thought what was interesting is, you know, how do you develop um, the concepts of either a common enemy or, or using an analogy uh, this because uh, you know some of the so-called prior marketing around vaccines is uh, actually um, around worries and safety. But uh, how do you how do you translate? Uh, this campaign, if you will, into something that you know people all buy into.
1: Well, we've had you know we've had a very important medical product for the pandemic that rolled out last year that was masks, and and that was horrible in terms of the rollout. Um, and so, how do we avoid that? And one of the things that we've been talking about, I should say, all, all the twelve strategies here are different ways in which consumer behave. We understand consumer behavior. And, and we wanted to come up with strategies that people could look at, could research to see whether they applied in their communities, um, and as providers, uh, to think about ways in which we could deploy these kinds of strategies, either as part of our local communication efforts or as lo- a part of our local research efforts. Um, the first one is to think about, you know, how do, how do we get out of this discussion about whether the virus is good or bad, or the vaccine and one vaccine versus another, which we're obviously is on the front page of the papers today, and remind everyone what we're trying to do is get the economy reopened and get our kids back in school. And the vaccine's a tool to do that. So it's not like you're buying one product or another product. What you're buying is a return to normalcy. Um, And all of us want a return to normalcy. Uh, so I think that's one of the messages that that we're, you know, suggesting, thinking about ways in which you could go be get people to think beyond their individual groups or affiliations to this much broader question about how does the U.S. economy reopen?
0: And I noticed also um, a lot of times you um, are talking about how do you promote um this is a, a badge of honor or um, something that people can see as uh, objective or even take advantage of um, this being considered a, a scarcity. So like uh, um, an important ticket, for example, to uh, get into. Uh, what are your thoughts there?
1: I think we need to really carefully consider not, not the people that are queuing up right now to try and get vaccine. It's a very small proportion of the population. Remember, our goal is to get to 85 or 90% adoption. And so the things we do today are going to influence the tail of the distribution. Um, and so one of the things we want to do is uh, justify why certain people are where they are in the queue. Um, and we want to do that in a couple ways. One that really validates and rewards people for society picking them to be uh, early, you know, early recipients of vaccine. Uh, and on the back end, you know, making sure people understand uh the the rationale for why they weren't first in the queue. Uh so you know, when I received my vaccine, they give me they gave me a little sticker and said I've been vaccinated. And frankly, I, I really didn't want to wear the sticker um, because I was afraid people were gonna think I was jumping ahead of the line, even though I was rounding in hospital medicine uh, just the week before. Um but but saying I'm, you know, I'm a first responder, I'm working in the hospital, uh, and that's why I'm vaccinated. All of a sudden, you know, that's a point of pride, uh, something very different. So this, this idea of identification, uh, you know, we, we were talking about this and writing this paper. Imagine you were in the supermarket and saw someone with a bracelet that said, I'm vaccinated uh, in line in front of you. Well, you could ask them, why were they vaccinated? You can ask them, did it hurt? Do you, you know, what's it like? To you know, to have the vaccine and and be you know, be relieved that you're not going to be spreading the virus to your loved ones, um, you know, lots of different ways in which that could be used as a means of promoting, um, you know, vaccine uptake across the population.
0: And you mentioned that uh, well, the goal is to get to um, eighty eighty five percent vaccination rates, and and it's not necessarily the early adopters that we're so called worried about, but it's reaching. <clears throat> the others that are are down the line um who may have some hesitancy uh what are gonna be the strategies to reach those uh groups? Um, it may not necessarily be through a um say a March madness ad or something like that what What do you think uh is, are the communication engagement strategies there?
1: yeah, so when you break up the population, if you just do it you know simply will you get vaccinated? You know, We have a group of people that say definitely yes. It's like around 20-25% of the population. 20-25% may, say maybe. 25% or so say maybe not. And about 20% say definitely not. And so we need to think about different ways of reaching all of those groups. So for the early adopters, the people who say definitely yes, you know, we, we, talked in, um, we talked about the Georgia election. And how much money was raised in the Georgia election? Well, it wasn't to do campaign ads to get people to switch votes. It was really to remind people to go to the polls and vote. Um, and so we spent all that time and effort, you know, a hundred million dollars or so, just to get people who we thought were going to vote for one candidate or the other to the poll. And so even people who say definitely yes, we have to give them away to get the vaccine. And we've seen lots of stories about that lots of stories about how it's hard for some older people to get on the internet and find vaccine sites how it's hard for people with different uh you know here in california spanish-speaking populations uh, or rural farm workers who don't have internet access um, how hard it is so even definitely yes we have very specific marketing challenges Um, as you go down to more and more difficult populations you have to get beyond just ha- here's where to go to get the vaccine and begin to build motivation for them to want to, you know, uh, to get vaccinated. And that's where all the different strategies uh, come into play. It's not one single strategy is gonna work for every one of these groups. Uh, we really have to think about how do we frame these different strategies for, for different populations. So one of the things we're working on right now is actually uh, working with NASCAR. Um, you know, for you know what might be vaccine vaccine hesitancy in the population that's uh, attracted to NASCAR. Um, so, lots of different ways in which we're going to have to get into micro segments and and really build targeted communication strategies to to get adoption.
0: <laughs> that's in- in- incredible. Uh, thinking about uh, just different markets, uh, that's not something that we necessarily think about in public health or, or medicine so uh what's what's your um time frame in terms of how this actually has to come together like is it in the next three weeks three months two years um, what's the horizon look like
1: well i think this is um while we're while we're working on this you know we we recognize this is a crisis um that, that, in fact, this is as important as the other work that's going on in terms of distribution. Um, again, if we we're going to get the tail end of the population uh, vaccinated by whatever period of time, you know, the end of the summer, early fall, we need to be building these marketing communication strategies now. There's a lot of research that needs to go into it, too. I mean, we have you know we laid out these strategies and some sample tactics but we need to convert those tactics to things that work locally you know the environment in durham is going to be different than the environment here in the bay area and the ways in which we want to think about these different strategies is is definitely going to you know needs to be locally customized
0: now that that makes a lot of sense so like why wow, you can have a, a national so called ga- uh a commercial um, our our marketing um, effort. Uh, all politics may be local, and uh, how people perceive and what their worries are, and taking advantage of what the channels are there. So, well, Kevin, uh, thanks for spending time with us on Collaboratory Grand Rounds in this podcast. Uh, very interesting work and uh, and ideas about bringing uh, marketing essentially beyond to help go beyond politics uh, for promoting COVID vaccination in the United States. And thanks, everyone, for listening to this podcast. Uh, Please join us uh, next time uh, as we continue to highlight uh, fascinating changes in the research world that may apply to you and others. Thanks for joining today's NIH Collaboratory Grand Rounds podcast. Let us know what you think by rating this interview on our website. And we hope to see you again on our next Grand Rounds, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time.